0: You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family.
1: This is episode 733 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. On this week's episode, we're going to meet our new guest co-host, Noah Ratner, and catch up with recently minted gold medalist of the 2023 Pan American Games. We hear from Team USA Cody Harrelson and Anna Merrick, as well as Pan Am individual gold medalist from Ecuador, Julio Mendoza Lore. This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
2: And this is Noah Ratner from Sherwood, Oregon. And you're listening to The Dressage Radio Show.
1: Well, welcome, Noah. I am so thankful you're here with me tonight. Uh, This is a new chapter of The Dressage Radio Show. As many of our listeners know, um, my beloved co-host, Philip Parks, um, passed away six weeks ago. And uh, I took the show and, and went on a little bit of a sabbatical and I will tell everyone, I miss you. I missed our community. And uh, Noah and I have been friends. We met a couple years ago, and we're instant friends. And he has been so supportive through this journey. And I have to be honest, mixed emotions tonight, of course, as we all have as we're listening to the show. But I am so thrilled, Noah. You're joining me. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Reese. And, you know, I'm excited to be here, um, but I definitely have tremendous respect for the, the business and the radio and the podcast that you and Philip built together. And it's been something that I've listened to now and then, and always had a lot of pride and respect for uh, for the craft that you guys have. And it's such a cool thing to be a part of this. Um, and I'm excited to, to be here with you and, and to take the torch from Philip and, uh, and take the next steps uh, with the Dressage radio show
1: well thank you and and it has it's been an amazing community and and I've learned more and more even over the last six weeks hearing from everyone and, and Paul uh everyone our Parth Stevens our producer he's on the show with us tonight I, I told him I couldn't do this without him uh so we are what I so Thankful you're here, and uh, so Noah, I want to talk a little bit about when we met. We met at convention, didn't we? That's
2: oh, that is the place that you meet all of the people in this. It's true. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's
1: true. We we have known about each other uh, for many years. So Noah, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well I do a lot of things in our sport, um, but I think I spend the most time right now running competitions um, from basic dressage competitions that are the grassroots of our horse show industry all the way up to running my first CDI um, wow. we had at my farm Devonwood in Oregon this year and um, and then when I'm not running shows, you will often hear me behind the and the microphone announcing at major competitions from coast to coast. And uh, this year, I think I did four regional championships, and I've done probably 15 or so CDIs. And um, I just bounce around like a, like a pinball from one corner of the country <laughs> to the next.
1: You do, along with doing a tremendous amount at, at your farm. So tell us a little bit about uh, your family's farm and, and growing up in Oregon.
2: Yeah, um, we uh, built our business, Devonwood um, starting in 1998, and it's a family-run farm. And um, it is the pride and joy and the labor of love of um, my late mother, Ginny, and my father, Justin, and my identical twin brother, Evan, and my amazing sister, Jessica. And we have all had our hands in running this business at one point or another. And I am currently the one carrying the business and just taking us into the the new direction uh, for the future and really doubling down our efforts on being a competition and an event venue and uh, and looking to see how we can support our sport and equestrian sport and also being um, a, a player within the events industry. So uh, that's a lot of fun, and I get to uh, I get to do a lot of things to show the business. And like I said, we had our first CDI this year. It was so great um, because uh, this year we had all of the Canadians that came down for our competition that were trying for spots on the Pan-American team uh, for Canada. And this was a really, really critical year for them. And it was fun to see all of these faces that have come to Devonwood at one point or another over the last two decades and uh, and see people that are circling back now and are going for their spot um, in a first major games it's really exciting to see canada taking such huge strides forward and uh, and i'm i'm thrilled with their outcomes so they had a, ah. a- and this result, uh, in they were
1: made a birth, right? They made a birth for the Olympics. That was yeah. they were under some pressure, actually.
2: To they under that. they understood the assignment and they got it yep. done. <laughs>
1: yes, they did, they did. And and we will have more riders from Canada because I i love that story as well. Uh, but we came out of the gate hot tonight. We i mean, we have such a great show. Um, not very often do you literally start a new show and it's like we're gonna have all the gold medalists on, Don't and you just go
0: home. Yes.
1: <laughs> Go bigger, go home. I love it. So, you're also uh, a, a regional director, right?
2: I am. Um, I'm the USDF regional director for Region Six, and I help oversee the dressage programming and the education opportunities for Region Six for Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Alaska, and Western Montana. And we have an amazing region. Uh, We were the 2023 North American Youth Championships Junior Gold Medal Team this year, which is our first gold medal in history. And I have the honor of being the chef to keep for our junior team this year, which was a a tremendous accomplishment. We also had um, one of the amazing athletes from Region 4 that was on our combined team, uh, which was Lexi Komet. So super exciting year for Region 6, and uh, I'm excited to be part of the Regional Director team.
1: I know. Do you sleep? No. Just a second. Yeah. I was like, I, and I just threw another project down here. So like, oh, <laughs>
3: <like.">
1: <laughs> oh, I love it because you travel and and, and it's, it's so much fun. I love that. Well, what do you do for fun, Noah?
2: You know, I, I am a passionate scuba diver and um, I always kind of think about why I like scuba diving so much. And I think for me, the biggest thing is that it's absolute silence. And I do so much where I'm talking and engaging with people and on a hot mic. And I think that's the one opportunity where none of that matters. You can't scream. There's nobody's going to hear you. And it's that one chance that you can just kind of turn it all off and let your mind wander. And uh, I love scuba diving. I do it anytime I can. And uh, if you're ever in Florida during the winter months and you think that you might want to learn to dive or you want to go for a dive, if you're already a, a licensed diver, uh, hit me up and I'll, I'll take you to some of the cool spots. In uh, I
1: think uh, this may I'll, be a project for Travis and I. I think this would be a team building event. Let's do uh, it. Like, I think, I think this is going to be fun. This would this would be a lot of stress for me because I'm not really, you know, I would feel like I'm not really in control, which, you know, is a thing. So this would be <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) be a good exercise. My husband would probably rock it and just be over there flip around.
2: You'll be surprised, my friend. You know, I, I, a lot of times I hear that from uh, from spouses and partners, and, and they're always surprised when we get underwater. And it's it's always amusing for me to see who excels and who's really comfortable at first. So uh, have confidence in yourself. I love, I, have
1: confidence. I, I love it. Okay, this is a great team-building experience. I am literally, we're doing a pinky swear right now because I think that's <laughs> photo op, kids. All right. Uh, what could possibly go wrong? Nice. No, I love it. I love it. Well, Noah, we're so excited to have you on. Your energy you're bringing is is uh, very very needed and just a lot of fun so i'm thrilled to have you uh we've got a wonderful show seriously guys we're gonna get into the show uh because we have wonderful wonderful people so this is just the start of our new adventure so right after this break from kentucky performance products we are going to come back with gold team medalists cody harrelson
4: and anna merrick this nutritional minute is brought to you by kentucky performance products One of the most common mistakes seen in feeding programs is the underfeeding of commercial concentrates. Commercial concentrates are textured or pelleted feeds that provide energy, protein, vitamins and minerals. Some common manufacturers are Triple Crown, Neutrina, Purina, you get the idea. Every commercial feed has a minimum amount you must feed in order to meet a horse's daily vitamin and mineral requirements. For most commercial concentrates, that level is somewhere between 4 to 6 pounds per day. A lot of horses will get too fat consuming feed at that level, so owners and barn managers feed less, and rightly so. It's not healthy for a horse to get too fat. However, if you are feeding less than the recommended minimum amount to your horse, you are not providing your horse with adequate nutrition. Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement from Kentucky Performance Products can solve your problem. Microphase can be added to the diet as needed to fill in the nutritional gaps. Packed with nutrients but low in calories, you can adjust the feeding level of Microphase to meet your horse's requirements. Learn more about MicroPhase by visiting kppusa.com. Got questions about your feeding program? We can help. Email Karen at questions at kppusa.com or call us at 859-873-2974.
1: Well, for tonight's show, we are thrilled to have gold medalists from the Pan-American Games. And my goodness, I'm so excited for Cody Harrelson and Anna Merrick to be on the show. Ladies, welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, and and I also have to say, Anna, you won bronze individual medal, which is so great. So Anna, introduce yourself for us and, and
5: tell us about yourself, your family, and your horse. So my name is Anna Merrick. I am 34 years old. I live in Ocala, Florida now. Um, I've lived here for almost 14 years. I can't believe it's been that long, but almost 14 years I've been in Ocala. I'm from Michigan. Um, I'm married and have two little kids. One just turned five and one is about to turn two. And uh, my husband and I have a farm not far from the World Equestrian Center. Um and so I kind of spend my days working out of two places. I work at home, we have our own horses at home, and then I work at um, Crown View Dressage right over um even closer to the World Equestrian Center. So it's it's a busy a busy time in my life that um I'm going between, you know, riding and training and teaching lessons and then taking care of the little ones. And it's, it's great.
1: You are, you are seriously superwoman. And, you know, just add in a gold medalist and in a bronze team medal. I mean, you're literally my (laughs) hero. (laughs) Well, we are so thrilled to have you. And Cody Harrelson, we have had you on the show. We were trying to decide. I've known you, oh my goodness, for many years. And I just, both of you ladies, I just was cheering you on, sending amazing messages. I'm so proud of you guys. Cody, welcome to the show now as a team gold medalist. My goodness, that gives me the nice shivers for you. (laughs) Thank you. So, Cody, tell us about yourself in your horse
6: I'm Cody Harrison I am 27 years old I am based in Wellington Florida although I grew up in Kansas outside of Wichita and so yeah I'm I, I'm based in Wellington I have my business ran out of a farm called flying cow Equestrian um, and I have most a majority of my clientele there I have seven horses there um, but then I also travel around to a couple other farms and I have about 13 total and so yeah I also have a pretty busy life, busy season, and you know, it's the dream. So ladies, Anna, tell us a little bit about your horse and
1: also your journey to Chile.
5: Okay. So Firefly is 13 years old. Um, I've ridden him for a little over two years and I started riding him. So his owner called me, um, actually when I was pregnant with May and she, she asked me if I would take him into training. And I said to her, I knew her. She's a, she was a friend of another client of mine. And, um, and so like, I, you know, I had met her before and I had seen Firefly with a couple of other trainers before he came to me. And I said to her, I was like, you know that I'm pregnant, right? And she was like, yeah, it's okay. Like, you know, he, he's a good boy and you'll only have a couple months off and then you'll be back to riding. Like it's fine. And so I said, I was like, okay, well that's, that's really cool of you to say. So, So I took him and, and I rode him, he was one of the last horses that I rode, um, up until I stopped riding to have May and Grand Prix before I started riding him. But, um, he, like, he came to me, you know, he was, he's a very sensitive horse and he had some issues with the ones and, you know, like a kind of green Grand Prix horse. And he was having some troubles with the Piaf where he was really quite afraid of it. And so I said to his owner, I said, you know, I, when the horses get scared of the PF and, and you know, they're tense with the changes, I said, it's really only the horse's decision and how fast this whole thing is going to go. And so I, I kind of just wanted to put it in her head that I was not sure when I was going to show him Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And she was really great about it and understanding. And she said, she was like, I trust you and, you know, do what you want with him and, Faster than I thought, I showed him that, like, I had May and November, and then I started riding three or four weeks after that, and then in February at WAC, I took him to a national show and showed him I, too. And, um, you know, there there I could, and, and his own, and Janet was surprised. She was like, you're only, you know, he's already shown Grand Prix, and I said, well, I was like, you know, all the stuff that's in Grand Prix is in to i said but i can keep the pf forward and there's less one tempies and i think it'd be great for firefly and i to gain our confidence together and and i can learn what he's like at a horse show and all that so so she was like okay great idea and that's what we did and he did great and then the next show i could put the pf even more close on the spot and then the next like he just every single time i took him out he gained confidence and You know, and then I kind of hit somewhere where I got a little confident and thought, oh, he, you know, he's over this problem. And then, oh, you know, he reminds me that it's, you know, don't trap me and I can still get scared and I'm very sensitive. And so, like, we just, I kind of had to take my journey by what he could handle. And what I learned about him is that the longer that we were together and the more that we both came to trust each other. Like he just he came on so fast, and he and I, like, kind of raised up the ranks really very quickly, and um, you know, like, this was all kind of it was all unexpected how quickly it went and how how much better he got so well we got so fast together. He's just like to me. I look back on it, and I've seen some horses that are you know that get scared of things or have bad experiences, and it. And it sits with them forever. And with Firefly, it really didn't. Like, he and I just got along together so well that, like, he just, we flew along. And and now I can really put pressure on him and say, okay, buddy, now you got to give me more. And he says, all right, Mom, no problem. It's really cool. Like, it, it, it even just makes me so proud to think about how far he's come.
1: Yeah, that's huge. And so you wrote him your first show in February, not last year, but the year before? or how yeah. tell us the timeline. So it would have been, yeah.
5: been in, um, uh, I had me in 21, so it would have been in 22. I, I wrote right. him I two February of 22.
1: Wow. And then, you know, I, I was able to see you rocket at the five-star last year in Wellington. So tell us your journey yeah. between, yeah, between sort of the I two putting more pressure on and then going to, and then going, you know, making the five-star and then making the team.
5: Well, so that was really cool. The five-star for for Firefly and I, it was one of those things where I was a little bit naive about how like a five-star works and it was at West, you know? Yeah. And yeah. F- so Firefly can historically be a pretty spooky horse. And, but the funny thing is, is that I don't know if it's that he loves to horse show or what, but like at horse shows, he's not spooky at all. Like no matter what's going on. And so then I had a little bit of anxiety about going down to the five-star when I realized that I wasn't going to get him. Like I couldn't come down the day that we were allowed to show the horses the arena. So I couldn't uh, get him into the arena. So like I had this anxiety. I was like, Oh my gosh, like he's never been here before. And I'm going to have to show him for the first time when I am showing him Grand Prix. And again, like he went down there and he was completely, he just surprised me. It's just like any situation that I put him in that I'm like, wow, this is really going to be a test to our relationship. And, and you know what, what he'll do for me and what I'll trust him to, you know, to carry in terms of the stress, he just surprises me. So we went down there and that was the biggest show that, you know, we had ridden in. And um, I mean, he didn't put a foot out of place. Like we, we, I think we may have had a couple of mistakes and same thing. Like I wasn't like he in training, he'd show such awesome stuff, like moments of great Piaf and great this or that. And I was still approaching being able to make that happen in the ring. And, you know, I know like for my coach Ann, you know, sometimes I'd come out and I'd have a good ride, but she would still not really quite be happy with it because she knows what he can do. And so when I'd get to a point where I'd come out of the arena and Ann was happy, I knew I'd, I really nailed it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Ann Gribbins is no joke. And she, you've trained yes. with Ann for many
5: years, haven't you? Yes, um, say, almost as long as I've lived down here. So I think about 13 wow. years.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing.
5: Well, Cody, can you
1: tell us about your horse, Bosco? Because you have a, a, a different story and a different path, don't you?
5: Yes,
6: <laughs> um, so Bosco is a 16-year-old Danish warmblood, and I have had him for over eight years. He was actually, I found him when I was looking for my young rider horse. Um, I had been working for, I was a working student for Lars Peterson and Melissa Taylor at Legacy Farm, and I was kind of getting ready to go back to college, and I said, well, I, I really would like to go to young riders and, you know, find a horse that could that could take me there. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on a trip with Melissa and we found Bosco. He was uh, out of, I think, 26 horses or however many I looked at, um, before I even trotted off, I just had this feeling of, I-, I need this horse. Like just absolutely fell in love with him. Um, I distinctly remember Melissa saying, stop smiling. There's no negotiating if you smile. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was, it was truly like love at first sight. I think it's the first horse that I really have a relationship, like a dog. So anyway, so we went to Young Riders and um it went well. You know, we weren't gold medalists or silver medalists. I think we had one team bronze medal, but he really was never a superstar small tour or young rider horse, but he was so great to learn on because he no matter what environment you put him in, he does his job. You know, he's he's he never looks at anything. He's never unpredictable. Um he just goes out there and if you're good, he's good. So after Young Riders, we started playing with some of the Grand Prix movements at home, and my dad really wanted me to sell him. And Lars said, if you sell this horse, it'll be the dumbest thing you ever did because you're never going to be <laughs> able to buy another one like this. Not that, Not because he's so talented, but because he was something that I could not only develop with, but he would accept my mistakes. You know, the horse never says no and just has a really good heart. So Lars helped me develop him into a Grand Prix horse and it was one of the best things he ever did is, or Lars did for me was he wouldn't get on and do it for me. He taught me how to create it myself. um, And that's really an invaluable lesson. So yeah, so we did the U25 um, and we had a pretty successful U25 career. And then in 2022, 2021, uh, we moved up to the senior Grand Prix and yeah, every year he continued to come out and get better. And so this year, We also did the five-star alongside Anna, and then we went to festival, and then we found ourselves at the Pan Am game.
1: Yeah, amazing. Amazing. So tell us about, how did festival
3: go?
6: Festival went great. That was a great (laughs) show for
3: us.
6: (laughs) You were the national champion, weren't you? We were. We were. Um, Every time we go into actually also when I did the U25 at festival, I was like, Oh, I don't know if he's ready. It just doesn't feel like it's, you know, going to go super well. Um, and then the U25, I, I have been telling someone this before. The first time that horse ever pee off was in the warm up going into our first U25 test at festival <laughs> in 2018. Um, and then, yeah, this year after the five star, I gave him not the summer totally off, but I gave him a pretty good break. And cause you know, it's summer. It's hot. He's 16. He knows his job. And so when we were bringing him back to work and to full work for festival, I was like, ah, you know, it, you just get a little bit nervous because I hadn't been down center line since the five star. And you just never really know how it's going to go until you make you get down that first center line. And yeah, he was great. I, I think the best he's ever been was at um, Chicago this year. And so yeah, it was a lot of fun.
2: So, ladies, I have a question for you. I've been combing through your results. I've seen you at so many horse shows and so successful across the board. But for both of you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, this was your first foreign competition on foreign soil. Is that right?
5: Yes, yes, that's true for me.
2: That's pretty impressive that for your first time on foreign soil that you guys could rock it all the way up to the top of the podium and come home with gold medals. Tell me, Cody, a little bit about the journey on getting to Chile And what your experience was like um competing on foreign soil for the first time.
6: You know, one of my most exciting moments was probably when I got the call that we made the team. Because of course you apply and you hope, but I didn't really let the idea set in and be real until I got the call. So yeah, once once that call came in, then we put the pedals in the metal, I guess. We tried to really, you know, fine tune all of our training and um he felt great going into the Pan Am games. And yeah, it was so surreal being there and seeing the Pan American logo everywhere, and meeting people from different countries, and getting to see other top horses and top riders, and it's just a crazy thing to actually be able to experience it and and live it. And we were really spoiled mm-hmm. with our <laughs> with our mm-hmm. team and our venue and the hotel they put us at. I mean, I think Anna would agree. I, I've, there was no experience yeah. like it, and the people that we had behind us made our job so easy. I mean, the only thing that we had to do at that show was focus on our ride. You know, everyone was handling logistics of it. It, it was just so nice to be able to go to a show and have your one horse and, and really be able to think about what you want to do and how you want to do it and not have to worry about all your, you know, in Wellington, it's, I get to show, but then I also have to come back and work and ride my other 10 horses a day and, you know, help my clients and help them show. So it was really nice to be able to have just one job and to be able to go and do it.
2: Uh, Well, well, Anna, I think if I remember right in the draw that you came out as the first rider on the Grand Prix and what was the pressure like for you going into that competition arena as the first American rider um, on the Grand Prix side?
5: You know, there was a little bit of pressure taken off because I got to see see Christian ride first since the pre St. George went first. So like I, you know, when George and, Anne and Laura were telling us the draw and how, you know, they were going to set the riders up for the rides, And I was thinking to myself, you know, <clears throat> obviously everybody likes going later in the class. However, for me and my nerves, I was kind of thinking to myself that it might make me more nervous to watch everybody else ride before I had to ride. So for, for me, it actually wasn't a bad thing because I was, I was really, really focused on the Grand Prix. And in it, it's in a funny way, like it's the test that I'm most comfortable riding because I've, I've ridden it more than the special and more than the freestyle. So I just really like even coming into the Pan Ams had my eye on riding a good Grand Prix. And that was the goal that I had set for myself. Like my dad, who is not, he like, he's not a rider, but he's very much a sports person. And he is like, I call him my stage dad.
4: <laughs> and,
5: um, he like, after, it was it's so funny because after Lamplight, like any, and, and You know he he is very interested in like what it takes to train the horses and all that and he watches me ride all the time and after lamplight where like I didn't I you know he was a good boy I didn't really have the rides that I was hoping to have at lamplight like I made mistakes in all three of the rides you know different mistakes nothing like majorly wrong but just stupid mistakes and he said to me after that show he goes Anna you need to ride that test until you're surprised if you make a mistake. (laughs) <laughs> and, and so yeah. I was like it was such a yeah. simple way Sweet. yeah it was such Not a wrong. simple way to say it so then Janet had said to me she's like I think you should go to WEC in a couple of weeks and just get your confidence back and so then I set a goal for myself I am gonna have a clean Grand Prix at WEC and so every like third day or so I rode through the Grand Prix test and you know so there'd be like yeah. a little thing here or there and I was like well that wasn't clean and obviously like I didn't I didn't ride the Grand Prix more than once, but like I went and I watched my videos and then like, you know, a couple, two, three days later, I'd ride the test again and have, you know, one of the girls videotape me and then I'd sit there and I'd watch it. Why did that go wrong? Finally, like the last couple of times before I went to WEC and then I, like, I, I had a clean test and then I said to Anne, I go on warm up day, I want, I want you to sit at sea and I want to ride the test <laughs> yeah and by golly I had clean time. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so yes. so then like when 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 I like I had that focus and I realized that like when you get to this level and this is what Ann says too she was like you know clean rides clean rides like especially riding for the team like you you really like, you really want to try to have a clean ride and so that's what I was so majorly focused on I was like Firefly and I are at a point where he's not green at this stuff. He can do stuff better, but I can expect to go there and have a clean ride. And, and what Ann was putting in my head, when you go to something like this is that it's really important, like for the team, not necessarily to not take risks, but to sort of not take risks and just to try to have a nice solid ride to put in for the team. Absolutely. And so going into that Grand Prix, that was my complete focus. Like I wanted to have a clean ride. And so, and then that's exactly what we did. And that's why I was so thrilled with, with my Grand Prix ride that first day.
2: Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. And I, I totally understand what you're talking about when you're saying that you just wanted to put in a clean test. And I think that's an admirable thing, whether you're riding training level or you're going Grand Prix. So good for you on that one. Cody, um, you had a little bit less pressure because you were third in the lineup. Uh, You already had Christian scores in the bag, and uh, and Anna put up an awesome score. Um, What was your emotion like going into your ride, and uh, what kind of strategy did you have?
6: I think I mostly had positive nerves. Um, It's usually a problem if I'm not nervous. (laughs) I mean, just every time I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm not nervous, it never ends up going that well. (laughs) Um, but I, I was nervous and, you know, because it was my first time being able to represent my country at a foreign show, like you were saying. And, and even though it a little bit takes the pressure off because the first two did so well, it also adds pressure because you don't want to be the one to not do well, you know, but, um, it's the same thing every time, even though my nerves are a little bit jumbly when I'm warming up or right before I go in, as soon as the bell rings, everything just kind of settles. Um, and that test, he was a little spooky, which is not normal for him. So he was a little bit up and against me and he was still a good boy. He never said no, but I had to really ride through that test. Um, and I have to say, I, I'm proud of how it went. Cause I think there would have been a lot of mistakes if my head wasn't in the right place. Um, and it was not mistake free, which, you know, it's as a rider, you're hard on yourself. I wanted it to be, but still proud of, you know, being able to, pull something out of what wasn't such an easy ride that day. And, um, yeah, the result ended up being fine. Yeah. Well,
1: obviously, cause you two came, came away with the gold medal. I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> so Cody, where we're where we chatting, tell
6: me a little bit. How did the special go for you? The special was one of the best he's ever felt in the ring. The first part of our trot tour, I thought, oh my gosh, I really have it. And then we, I don't know if you watched, but we went to go do our right trot half pass and there was a miscommunication and he cantered off. And I thought in my head, I thought, okay, I think I can fix this. I couldn't fix it. And then I tried to leg yield him off my right leg. Anyway, blew the entire right trot half pass. Um, so that side. was very okay. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that was very expensive. But other than that, I mean, the Piaf and the Passage were the best I think they've ever been in the ring, really expressive, really with me. So my only goal for the, for the freestyle, when we got there was to have a clean ride. And, um, he tried once again to pick up the canner and the left half pass, but, um, you would notice I was much quicker about fixing it that time. (laughs) Uh, and it was, it was a clean ride. So,
1: (laughs) Well, and again, it, you know, that's just being ready. I mean, things happen in the ring and, and as much as you that's train and as much as you practice, and there's not a lot of time between the Grand Prix and the special, you know, you finish your Grand Prix and then you've got to put them away and then get ready for the special. There's not a lot of time there. And that's, that's tricky, that's isn't right.
5: it? <laughs> yeah, it it's is. A one. It's a hard one. And, and I'm going to ask you the same. How was your special? My special was good. I actually did the same thing that Cody did. And it's really funny because like I cantered in the right trot half pass, and, um, Cody, Cody even said that she was like, I'm not going to make the same mistake Anna did. And then she also cantered in the right trot half pass. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, but the funny thing was, is that like, a- as he picked up the canter, I was like, Oh no. Cause I know how expensive that mistake is. And so then as I'm like riding through the test, I'm like, well, you got nothing to lose now you better ride harder. And, um, and then like, so like the rest of the test was awesome. And he got very good scores like through the last part of the test. And, uh, and he ended up getting the same score that he got in the Grand Prix that had a clean ride. And so <laughs> so the next day Anne was like, and, and said to me, she was like the way you rode after you throw you messed up. She was like, that's how you need to ride the freestyle. <laughs>
2: so cody this was a heck of a long journey to get all the way to the bottom of the continent and it's a different season there and you guys are trading in a warmer climate what was it like um acclimating when you got there and what did you guys do to kind of make yourselves feel more comfortable and and make sure that your horses were uh, set to go and and physically ready uh for competition
6: you know i think the the good thing about living in Florida is that we are in one of the worst climates for horses in the summer. So anything feels like a relief. Um, so we were really lucky that the day that the horses had to go into Miami to be shipped off was actually a cool day. So they had a little bit of an adjustment time being able to be in slightly cooler weather going onto the plane. And by cooler, I mean, I don't know, probably 80 degrees, 75. But, you know, they're used to in the 90s. so. By the time they got there, you know it's the first time they've had to have a sheet on, and I don't know how long, but I think it's great weather for the horses. Um, I don't know a single horse who doesn't appreciate. A, you know, they're they're typically I think cold weather animals, and so I think our all all our horses felt a little fresher, a little nicer. Um, the The hardest part I think was the dryness of the climate. Yeah, like Bosco, I have a, a chestnut with white white socks and and red skin, <laughs> so he's. Um, he was a little sensitive to the dry climate, so it was a lot of making sure his legs didn't get fungus or not fungus, but like a, a flaky dermatitisy stuff mm-hmm. he was trying to get. Um mm-hmm. so luckily we had the best team, you know, the vet, Doctor Laura Faulkner, she was on it. She was really made sure that every horse was prepared and ready and taken care of with anything that happened to, you know, not go wrong, but you know, anything that popped up while we were there, she was on it. Um and yeah, uh, but we, as people, were cold. We were in so many layers, <laughs> lots of layers.
2: I saw a lot uh, of heavy jackets. It was a little, uh, a little alarming.
4: It was, yeah, it was I really know. funny
6: because I think on the third day, it was probably seventy-five degrees, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's so hot!" But goodness, you yeah, take yeah. everyone out of Florida for five seconds,
4: and then they're <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> I, I think. scarves and
6: hats. And- I think back but, to uh, no, it was a nice. It was a nice climate to be in. You know, I'd much rather be that than super hot. And and it wasn't frigid cold. I think the horses
2: felt great. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, thinking back to the Tokyo 2020 observation events, and as we were getting the team ready and and getting the shortlist finalized, uh, we, you know, we intentionally had our observation event at the peak of the summer heat um, in the evening as we were just trying to make oh, wow. conditions to be <laughs> intentionally as brutal as possible so that we could mimic what our athletes were gonna face when they got to Tokyo. And we really didn't have a need or an opportunity to do that for these games. Um, Anna, what was the experience like for you?
5: In terms of the weather, you mean? Yep.
2: And, adapt- you know- and adapting to that.
5: Um what I was really interested to to find out is how the horses would do in a tra- in travel like that. Like, Anne always tells me that, you know, traveling on a plane to Chile would, is going to be easier on firefly than going from Florida to lamplight. And, um, and so, and like, in terms of how he traveled, he doesn't really, he's not really, a he doesn't really get stressed out about, you know, traveling or anything like that, but He was like, he was tired the first day that we got there when, you know, when the athletes were also tired from flying overnight, but then he bounced right back and he was, he was so great. Like he also enjoyed the cooler weather, you know, we're up in Ocala, but it still gets very hot in the summer here as well, but he's very used to it. You know, like he rides all the way through the summer and into the heat and he's, um, he has a lot of energy anyway, so I was kind of curious to see if the cooler weather would give me a hard time with him, but it really didn't. He was so relaxed there and so happy with everybody giving him attention and I think more so me spending so much time with him and giving him so much, so uh, so much attention that he did really great. Like he acclimated fine, he handled the trip fine and then, you know, like like you say happy horse in the barn is going to be happy to be ridden, and he really and it really was true. Like he was happy, his body felt good, and so he performed well.
2: Awesome. I mean, it's it literally this is like a fairy tale story of all of these things coming together. You guys had amazing rides. Uh, when there was an opportunity for you to step up, you did. Um, You had the support team. I mean, it's literally all of the pieces of the puzzle coming together. How exciting for you guys. All right. So you made it to the top of the podium. You had the gold medal around your neck for the team. Freestyle day. And now it's up for individual medals. Uh, Tell me about your floor plans and your music and the degree of difficulty, what experience did you have with that, Cody? Um, you were at Festival Champions. You got an opportunity to use the degree of difficulty. I think you've done that in some of the CDIs that you've competed in. Um, what was, like, your start value like? Tell me everything.
6: My freestyle was made by to Winter. We made it right after I finished my U25 year. Um, and I actually just stuck with the same floor plan and the same music because I think it, it suited the horse really well. And I loved the pattern. Even though it's not the highest degree of difficulty, it's something I know that I can consistently pull off and he, the horse really likes it. It's rock. It goes to his style of, you know, his style of going and it's a lot of fun to ride. So going into the freestyle day, it's always my favorite day to be able to go and show his best quality and show off the off and Passage, which is what he does the best. And yeah, we have a lot of fun.
2: You must have been pretty excited after the scores went up on the board. I think you were the highest score um, through that, the first two rotations of riders um, before Sarah got into the arena. How did you feel coming out of the arena?
6: I was so overjoyed. It was our first clean ride of the Pan American Games, and he felt great doing it. He showed up for me. We nailed the things that I had messed up the prior days, such as the changes, um, which was disappointing. The previous two days, because those are actually some of his highlights of our riding. Um, that was my big goal is I was like, if I have one more mistake in my tempies <laughs> it's going to be not, Abby. um, but he was great. And I was ecstatic to see the score so happy with how he felt. And he was tired, you know, it was a long trip. It was three days of doing Grand Prix it's not easy on a big horse like him, but he pulled it off and yeah, I was thrilled.
2: Good for you, Anna. You had the very last ride of the entire competition for dressage. No pressure, right? How was, <laughs> no pressure. How was it? For, no pressure. How was it for you? Tell me about your music and about your floor plan and uh, your degree of difficulty and what your what your emotions were um, having the final ride in the competition.
5: Well, so when I found out that I was the last ride, I said, "I said I was like Anne. Can you believe it? I'm last." And, <laughs> and, and, and Anne was all excited about it, and I was like, "And and I said to her, I, I go." I said to my dad, I was like, I was like, Oh man, this entire, this entire weekend, I wasn't able to see any of Julio's rides in person. And Julio is a good friend of mine. And I, we like went back with Christian and Cody and we, Christian pulled up his rides on clip my horse. And, and I was like, man, I have to go two rides before Julio. And so then <laughs> like, I was warming up with, with Julio and, and Zhao, and I was like, I was so excited to ride my freestyle. Uh, Firefly's freestyle is um from Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And Fine. Janet his yeah, Janet his owner actually picked the music and I love it. It suits him great. And I like like I watched the show and I remember the intro to Stranger Things that it was, you know, cool kind of dramatic music. And um so Terry Gallo made the freestyle for him. And his degree of difficulty, like when it comes in on the computer, like it comes in—I um, don't know exactly what—but it's nine something. Like it's—it's a, yeah. it's a hard freestyle if I yeah. accomplish all the combinations. You know, you start
2: out that freestyle with a start value for of nine point three five. That's a that's big number. What I
5: thought I thought that's it was huge. a nine point three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: that's vicious.
5: Yeah, so that, but that's yeah. like—and the funny thing is—is is that when you watch that, like when I watch that freestyle, or I look at it, it's like. That's why Terry's so good is because she gets it to come in calculated as a 9.3, but like, as I'm doing it, it doesn't feel hard for Firefly. You know what I mean? Riding that freestyle, like when I get to freestyle day, I'm like, okay, these are the things that Firefly is really good at. And she set it up so perfectly for him that it's, it's easy for me to ride and, and I can kind of pump Firefly up a little bit and it works for him. You know, he likes the music. He can tell when we're doing the freestyle. It's it's gotten really yeah. fun. That's so fun. I love it. I love it. Well, ladies, you have been so
1: great with your time and we could keep you on all night because you guys are both amazing. <laughs> and I knew you would be so fun to have, but we, we want to be respectful of that. But Anna, can you give us your contact information if anybody wants to learn more about you and
5: Firefly? So if anybody has any more questions or wants to know anything else, um, you can look me up on Facebook or Instagram. Um, my Facebook is, is just my name Anna Merrick, and on Instagram, it's um, a, a little nickname I used to have for my dog. It's Philbot 7
6: Love it.
1: Well, thank you so much, Anna and Cody, how can we find you online?
6: Um, you can find me on Facebook. My name, Cody Harrison, and that's Cody with an I. Um, and then same thing on Instagram. It's just no spaces, no like lines, just Cody Harrison, C-O-D-I Harrison. Uh, and that's it.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you ladies so much. And congratulations again thank on the gold are. medal and bronze individual mana. That's amazing. You guys. Thank you
5: thank so, you so much, much for having us. This is great.
1: For first-time horse owners and new riders, finding the information and support you need can be challenging. That's why Equine Network has partnered with Sentinel and Absorbine to bring you My New Horse. From important horsekeeping information and how-to videos to social media communities, exclusive experiences, and more, My New Horse is your one-stop shop for riders of all levels and disciplines looking for easy-to-understand horse care information and guidance. Start your horse ownership journey today. Visit MyNewHorse.com. Well, tonight I am happy to have the big boss stopping by, Glenn Hebert. He is the the head boss around here. How are you, Glenn?
0: Good. How are you guys? I'm and uh, no, welcome to the show.
2: Hello, hello. Many thank yous. Good to be here.
0: You you know it's interesting because I just did an interview with you, didn't I? Like a month and a half ago.
2: We did. You are right. Caught red-handed.
0: <laughs> I thought uh, I thought so. Uh, I thought we had done an interview for for horses in the morning. Just to, there you a. Go. a a little while ago. It was about an uh, equine affair, if I remember right. And that's coming up next week. <laughs> is it really? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. Giddy up. Yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, someday we'll, we'll talk about when I did Fantasia. But i that's a great. If you're in Massachusetts, you should do. It's such a fun thing. It's You should go.
2: Super excited. It's going to be a good one. And we have a big dressage personality coming. Stephen Peters is going to be there. He's one oh. of the headliner clinicians this year.
1: Oh, he's the best. Oh, my gosh. Well, see, now I'm jealous that I'm not going to Massachusetts.
2: But
4: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> So, Glenn, how are you?
0: Good. I just wanted to stop by for a couple of minutes tonight and talk about Radiothon. You are going to that. So, for new listeners, Radiothon, well, it used to be a 12-hour live event that we did on the Monday after Thanksgiving on on, on Cyber Monday. And we we had multiple hosts and 20-some guests. And... Hundreds of voicemails from listeners singing songs and doing poems and all kinds of stuff. This year, because I don't want to die, um, we're bringing it back to six hours. Um, and <laughs> it's so dark. it's going to be, yeah, don't talk, it's six hours live. This year, we're doing video in addition to audio. So it's going to be, we're going to do Facebook Live out to a bunch of places. Basically, you can find it at com, And it's going to start on the 26th. We're going to do it on Sunday so more people can watch live. In the past, we had a whole bunch of listeners that would take off work on that Monday just so they could watch. But now we're wow. going to do it Sunday from 3 to 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Every hour is going to be different hosts. Uh, Ashley who is my compadre at uh, running the network, it, and I are going to MC it. And then uh, Jamie and I are going to do Horses in the Morning for the first hour, and then we have Retired Racehorse Radio. We're going to do a holiday trivia. Uh, we're also doing Heels Down Happy Hour and, and Adulting with Horses. Those crazy kids are all stopping by. And then <laughs> in the last hour, Reese is going to come on. We're going to do a Toast to Philip too. We're going to have a little Philip tribute. And the last hour, and then we have some other hosts from other shows coming and stopping by. So last hour is just basically a drinking party because it is holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so, it it
5: is
1: great, and yeah. it is definitely. I'm going to have my glue wine out because it is. It's already getting cold here, so I'm ready with the spice wine. Don't worry. I went to uh, Trader Joe's and, <laughs> and bought a an entire case of it. <laughs>
0: She's leveling up. Well, the, exactly the other leveling thing you're going to need up. is it's also all the hosts are required to wear really ugly Christmas sweaters because it nice. is video. So you you need to make sure you have that covered. Um, uh, and I know Jamie oh, I went do. out and bought hers.
1: Already. Oh, I, I already it's, have one. It's in. The, it's a you know it, it may be a, a unicorn situation. Just saying.
0: Okay, I, it's <laughs> I got it. I got all of
1: it. I'm ready. Well, I'm ready. There also
0: it. is an opportunity. If you remember right, Reese, we we now have over four thousand dollars in prizes we're going to give away that day. Wow. <laughs> uh, and I know, if I'm you like, go how to work, are gonna, yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the holiday radiothon banner or uh, link in the upper right, it'll list all the prizes. but we have we have uh, blanket packages, three different ones from Weather Beta. Kelly Jewelry jewelry's giving away two hundred and fifty dollars gift certificates. I don't know if you've seen the optimizer yet, the hay feeding system. What? That's really cool, and oh. we, Jennifer and I, want one for our new barn. So <laughs> I was gonna she's say, uh, one... <laughs> talk
1: to me more. I'm coming to Florida
0: where he a... is gold. <laughs> she's given one of those away. It's at five hundred dollars. We have all kinds of gift certificates for different things. I mean, we're giving away a ton of prizes that day, and we're going to have some really cool guests all day long. So you can find out all the details. Just go to horse radio dot com slash radiothon, or just click the banner on the upper right hand corner. And it also tells you how to register. You can just go in there and sign up to win the prizes, or you can send us a voicemail. Uh, This is the most fun. Resort test to this the most fun part of the entire day is listener voicemails. And uh, you can leave a voicemail for us. It gives all the instructions in there. Some people write songs. If you remember right, there's a certain listener that writes a song that we play at the beginning of every Radiothon because it's so good because she has this operatic voice. And she writes these songs and they're fantastic. She submitted hers today. And once again, it's fantastic.
6: Oh, I love it.
1: So, oh,
0: so you can, you can do that. You can be creative. You can write a poem about Reese if you want, or Reese, you know, the dressage show. You can do That's anything better. you want and set it in. Now we do have a theme this year and like we do every year. And the theme this year is your best funny Christmas fail. It doesn't have to be horse related. It can be anything. Um, oh, so, you know, you Nobody drop the turkey one? on the floor, yeah. the dog ate one. the turkey, that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Nobody have one? So,
2: oh yeah. The dog ate the king salmon. <laughs> <laughs> <That was expensive. laughs> Do you like it? Was it
0: good? <laughs> did
5: he lived. I mean, that's yeah.
0: terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lived. <laughs> 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 so, so Noah, we'll have to get you stopped by the last hour too.
2: We'll, we'll okay. have to have you, uh, pop in and say hi. I am game for that. <laughs> do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I do. It's it's really, it's not just ugly, it's hideous. <laughs> oh, perfect. It. That's what we like. Yeah.
0: <laughs> perfect. I know, like. I'm going
1: to go find out. I'm going to go find out. I'm
0: just going to make sure I can find out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love well, it. So that's the details on Radiothon. We look forward to seeing you all in about four weeks and having some fun on video this time. Uh, and, uh, Hello. again, Noah, thanks for, thanks for offering a Noah was one of the people that jumped in immediately, uh, after Phil died and offered to help in any way he could. And there were a lot, a lot of people did that. We thank you all. Uh, but Noah, we really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, it's an we're honor. and you. It's an honor. I'm excited to be here. And, uh, you guys are an amazing group of people. It's fun to be a part of this.
0: Very good. Well, thank you. Thank you, boys and girls. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Bye, friend.
0: Especially with performance horses, flies can really be a nuisance. Fly predators are a great investment of all the different poisons and insecticides and different things you could use. I don't know of anything that is more economical and more effective than Spalding fly predators.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are in for a treat tonight. We obviously already had the chance to talk to the gold medal winning United States of America dressage team that bagged the gold medal at the Pan American games in Santiago. And next in the lineup, we have a friend of mine, Mr. Julio mendoza Lur, who carries the flag for Ecuador. And he happened to walk away with the gold individual medal at this year's Pan American Games. Please welcome Mr. Julio mendoza Lur representing Ecuador to the show. Hi, Julio. Hey, Noah. How are you? Hey, Hi, I'm
3: Julio hey. Mendoza. Okay. Thank you for inviting me to your show.
2: We are thrilled to have you, Julio. Congratulations on your big win. Julio, um, I see you at shows all the time in Tryon uh, in North Carolina, and it's so much fun to see the progress that you've made with this horse um, over the last years. And I, I just want to know all about the journey and, uh, and to hear a little bit about uh, what it was like representing your country and taking the first gold individual medal at the Pan American Games for Ecuador.
3: Oh no, I don't know. I don't have word to start. Okay, it is, is what I can tell you about Goldie. Okay, that's the nickname that we're calling her in the and the property and the in the barn. Okay, his name is, is Goldie. And as a horse too in the beginning, the first time and Rohan, he he told me a lot. Okay, he I felt his big heart. And he wanted to, to pray. And and I love horses they want to play, and they, I like horses they they are a little bit naughty, okay <laughs> and i am <I'm> feel to <laughs> uh, i'm very i getting along with these kind of horses because my personality is to no matter what they're doing wrong, I am laughing about it and proceed and get going and and at the end uh, goldie, I never knew when I start competing in and I never knew to this horse. I knew that he had the talent, and David hung my coach. He always said to me, it's a horse, Julio, that you one day going to remember.
2: <laughs> That's an understatement.
3: Wow. Yeah, but, uh, and, and I believe David that, and I because he is, David is not only my coach, he's my friend, my mentor. I love that guy so much. He changed my life to be the rider who I am right now. And, and Goldie, the moment that I start competing, him, Prince and Jor, he wanted to be a man. he wanted to to be ego to go to the ring and he wanted to show off and he wanted to perform and give me more than one deserve in the arena and And that's where we started we started working hard and, and home, hard right hand and he lived in a field he lived twenty four seven in a field, <laughs> okay he is not a horse to live in the and in, in the stable. Uh, if it's, yes, if it's raining or very cold, I'm bringing him inside. But he prefer to be outside. And and our development, has is being more uh, keeping it in easy, okay. And keeping it in easy, keeping his mind happy, his body healthy, and try to develop the best relationship we can. Uh, That's been our goal with when hanging all our horses here in the property, okay. And when I compete my third Grand Prix, I was really, I was, okay, wow, such a good horse. But I never knew to Goldie coming to be the horse that he is right now. Okay, mm-hmm. he is um, he is a unicorn. He is, um, mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't have a word to describe how my feel for him is. He is my best friend. He is a horse to a lifetime. He is um, a... a it is as people talk about horses in a lifetime, for example, here was Edgar Gallen Torilas, okay, a horse in a lifetime, and I feel that that is my relation with, with Goldie. It's a horse in a lifetime for me, and I'm going to love him for the rest of my life. For Not only for what he just helped me to win the gold medal, but what he teaches me so much every day here in the farm, in how much our partnership and our relationship is.
2: That's an amazing story, Julio. And I know um, just last year, uh, you represented Ecuador at the Bolivarian Games with your son, Mateo. Tell me a little bit about competing with your son on the international stage and winning gold uh, at the Bolivarian Games last year.
3: You know what, Noah, that was, that, that, that's, a, that's a great question because a lot of people asking me that question. And I said to people, that, for me, the, the Panam game uh, is one tenth, is one gold medal. But the uh, Bolivian game is a total different medal. It's a medal, too, for, for me, was yes was a gold medal for a team and was a gold medal individual. But for me, share the arena with him and win the, 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 the gold team uh, medal, I was more a proud papa. I was more a proud papa. And... I was able to see him because right now he's coming to be the third generation in our family. And, and I was so proud and, 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 and so, uh, oh my gosh, and hugging and kissing him. I said to him, You know had the idea, this gold medal is no mean to win the gold medal. I said, And this is the gold medal for proud papa. Okay, that is. <laughs> and I'm very pleased with him. I hope he can proceed this this, this career and I feel that he's a very talented rider and uh, I try to helping him and teaching him everything to he can follow my uh, my my career and he can come to be successful but nothing is coming free and nothing is coming easy I said to him I said luck a lot of, a lot of people think it's luck I said luck no it's okay it's hard work that is the truth. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that's
4: it
1: what is I, so I, I tried important. to teach in him. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey to Chile and, and and just tell us how did how did your Grand Prix and your special go?
3: You know what? Uh, my journey my journey to to, to Chile, okay, we started uh, when Weng competing uh, last year in Florida in the Nation's Cup that was our fair uh, freestyle that we didn't in, win him. and we didn't to see how he relied with the music and after I knew to we want to go to the Panang games. But I wanted to start competing him and the CDIs to see where we score and where what he can handle the pressure and what he can handle the atmosphere for the people. And every show he got more confidence and more confidence and more confidence. And and when I got to Chile, uh, I'm making a couple bubbles in the in the in the Grand Prix, okay. But I'm almost grateful that I'm making the mistake in the Grand Prix because that giving a a kick in my butt and he said, "Hey, come on, okay, you can do this, okay." And and the in the special, I did in where seventy six, seventy seven something that. And I knew too we had a good chance to go to doing good freestyle. And when I him in the freestyle, that was the best feeling. When him, uh, he wanted to dance, and he wanted to show the people our relationship. Okay, and he carried me to dance entire freestyle that he on the stage. And i um, so pleased with him. And when the people announced, when the judges announced the score, and I was by the end to my pirouette to Piaf uh, and my freestyle, it's to pirouette to Piaf, and he nailed that. I, I wanted to cry. And my last center line, I'm not holding my my tears in my face. <laughs> and when I'm held, I was screaming for happiness and celebrating. And by that moment, I no longer cared for the scores. I just was so happy with my horse for what he giving to me. Yeah. And, and I was waiting for the score. And when they announced the score, I was oh my gosh, over the moon, celebrating. <laughs> okay, and seeing the 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 my wife's face and cheer on and so happy, that made me so happy that she is happy. Okay, and my horse is happy to do it with me.
2: Julio, your, your scores in the in the freestyle, like you were saying, you have to be absolutely thrilled. You were one of the only riders uh, that had technical marks that were right at the eighty percent mark. Um, how do you feel about that? Looking towards Paris,
3: you know what? I'm feel I'm feel uh, uh, very confident. I'm feel very confident right now with that score. Okay, uh, but uh, it said nothing is done until you ride the test. Okay, <laughs> because so many other tests can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> Again, you can feel the more confident and the more ready, but uh, sometimes the scenarios and so many things can change and split to a second. Okay, yeah. and um, I'm looking for I'm looking for Paris. Uh, we start making plans already to go to Paris, and our goal is to concentrate in, in Europe in Belgium for uh, three months, three months before the Olympic. And my coach uh, David is going to travel to me and we are going to do a couple shows in Europe. Okay, to so the judges can start seeing the quality to the horse, what Goldie is. And I'm so proud to present him there. And I like it to I had a, a nine point six and the difficulty and the choreography. Yeah yes. and and it is but I like it to change a couple more tens there. I did it, for example, in this three I did it in my once and a core line out uh, to double pirouette and to a double pirouette. Uh, all my line the changes are in a core line uh, and start with a passage because that's the signature, the hand and the pif. He has very strong piaf passas. And I wanted to show that right to the start so the judges can see. Uh, that he is happy doing and not me uh, try to kicking and pulling and
2: that he can do it's really impressive, Julio. It, it, it's clear you understand the strategy behind the degree of difficulty. Um, so you you have a couple ideas on things that you're going to change your music. Every time I hear it, scream Ecuador. It just mm-hmm. like you just get going, and it like you have to join the party. It, what changes are you going to make before Paris, or can you give us a little uh, little insight into anything you might be uh, implementing for the next go on uh, your free June- time?
3: Absolutely. 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 Maybe we can talk about this. Okay. Uh, but this is, um, uh, for example, this choreography that I'm right now, uh, my lovely wife, okay. My princess, how I talk to her all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. She is the one to, uh, we sitting down and we are uh, seeing the strong part of the horse. What is the highlight to hang and what is the weak side of the hang. And we start to highlight the, the stronger in hang. And he was, she was the one to decide the choreography Okay, with our lady for the musical freestyle, Leslie Barrow. And I feel, too, I like it to change and uh, I like it to do I like it to have one extra line. Okay, for example, I had only one standing trot. Okay, and that uh, we know to riding a horse on time, uh, to have one standing trot in a freestyle can be a little bit, mm, because... Uh, if the horse screwed up or unscrewed that up, I have only one line standing trot. I like it to have at least mm-hmm. two. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I like it to have a, a, a jerk line because I had only in the kennel, I had one line the twos and one line the ones. If it, I'm making a mistake, uh, because she no not make a mistake i'm the one to make an all the, time, the mistake. okay
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> okay. And, and julio uh, <laughs> can you explain the joker line because that's that is important i i'm with you i like a joker line because if we make a mistake right you have that is a line you can do what you want with right
3: exactly because i, 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 I like a, a joker line because it is a, i feel if you're making a mistake if you feel that you're making a mistake you can use uh, that line to doing you line the twos or you line the ones, whatever mistake you make, and you can bring your score higher to average the good line with the bad line and average boss, okay, and you not finish when one four, you finish when one six, five, or six, okay, Mm -hmm. to a two percent more higher than what you just getting in the beginning with the mistake. Okay. Exactly. That's yes. that's what I like to use <laughs> the 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 joker line, okay? Yes. <laughs> I mean,
1: it's a nice thing.
3: <laughs> Sometimes you have to play a strategy a little bit and yeah. another thing what I like it to do it is, is try to do uh, maybe a a pirouette, a pirouette canne, a pirouette a piaf by the end, okay? And try to do try to do my half passes and pasas and finish with um. Uh, with a quarter pirouette in each side or a full pirouette to a to a to a halt. Uh, something, something more difficult. I like it to go to to the Olympic with a choreography to have at least ten out of ten. Okay, if that's possible. Okay. Uh, and I know too, it's hard to 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 achieve that, but uh, you have to think in bigger to go bigger.
2: Yes. I Thank love it.
3: Too.
1: Too.
2: Ain't that the truth Julio you gotta think big <laughs> you gotta think big and then you'll go big so all right exactly you said, you said the magic number 10 so I was looking through the scores and I saw uh, that in one of your canter pirouettes which happens to be a coefficient you got nines across the board from the judges so w- yeah. have, you, have you seen tens on your score sheet at a CDI yet no, no, yeah,
3: no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, it yeah, I'm keeping my, i keeping my mind uh, open, okay, and i feel with the judges, uh, with all the respect, I have so much respect for the judges because they are so well educated to able to judging us and only seeing us for, for six minutes, okay. And, and I'm so grateful to the judges that are sitting in the box for four, five, six hours to judge so many horses, okay? <laughs> this is... Yeah. Ooh, I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm keeping an open mind. I'm keeping an open mind <laughs> to um, uh, one day the tennis coming, okay? Uh, especially for the pirouettes or, or or maybe I'm thinking about it in the Piaf and the Passage too. You never know. Okay, but I'm keeping... Uh, I feel to... I'm so happy and grateful for the nine, okay? A lot of people only can get in seven, okay? If so I'm nine, oh my gosh, I'm over the moon, okay? <laughs> this is, I don't have to be picky, okay? Yeah, 10 sounds yeah. good. At nine, <laughs> I'm very happy, okay?
1: <laughs> true, true, I love it. So Julio, I, I, I sent it to Noah because you are having a fundraiser, right? For your journey yes. to the Olympics. So can you tell us all a little bit about that so we can maybe help you?
3: You know what? You know what? Uh, going to going to the Olympics, going to the Olympics. We know we know how much how much uh, is the cost, okay? How much the cost is, okay? And it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And, and able to to get the, the spot to go to the Olympics, I don't have that kind of money in my pockets, okay? And a poor people to work so hard to pay all the bills. Okay, and I try to support uh, the family and running a business, okay, and teaching clinics and lessons and the cost of the horse is so expensive and, and gold is not cheaper. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so I'm so glad to allow the uh, the sponsors and people, uh this is, I feel so lucky to allow the people willing to hold right now and willing to, uh, doing this fundraising and, um, and we had a, a Belmont account and, um, and Facebook, okay. And we have, um, uh, a Belmont account. Okay. And we, it's going to be in Tryon, is it's going to be in Tryon, okay. And December 2nd at 6 PM and it's taken online to buy. Okay, and the uh, people can communicate to my wife. Okay, if uh, okay, her phone number is 301-801-9353, and, uh, and any, any am grateful if anybody can try to helping us to achieve the that dream. Um, it's,
2: it's fantastic to hear you say the word Olympics and to know that you're representing Ecuador, how excited are you at this opportunity, this is your first shot at the Olympics
3: you know what, yes, this is our first shot in the Olympics, that's a first shot to go to the Olympics and, and, and I'm feel too I don't know I'm feeling so happy and grateful that I'm going to to carry mm, the flag to my country. Okay, but it is, is uh, I'm feeling that my heart is divided because it is, is, I live here in the United States for 18 years now and this country giving me so much too. Okay, and I'm feeling that I'm going to represent in two countries at the same time. Okay, one country to Sámi born and raised up there in one country to giving me everything who I am right now. And it's a lot of the people to supporting me in this country. I had a lot of people. They are never in my life. I was thinking, to I had this without the support to the people that I had.
2: True, truly amazing julio we are so excited to have gotten to speak to you and to hear about your journey with goldie our fingers are crossed for you for the next step in your journey uh, all the way to paris for the olympics um julio can you tell us your social media contacts so people want to follow up with you or follow your journey
3: absolutely 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 uh, they are looking us in um, Mendoza okay in facebook okay or in instagram okay the same thing Again, and those address us, or uh, that's the best account that you guys can follow us are dream and and we are keeping uh, posting a little bit about Goldie, how he's doing, how we're doing, and what shows we are going to be, and, and what is our preparation to go to, uh, to the Olympic in in July, okay, when we're going to fly to Europe, what horses we try to do here in the United States. And, and everything is possible that we can. Uh, and we can answer so many questions and everything for our fans and and for the people who wanted to know about our progress and our uh, start forward.
2: Amazing. Julio Mendoza Lur, thank you so much for joining us. Many, many congratulations on your individual gold medal at the 2023 Pan American Games. Hope you have amazing rides, and we can't wait to see you in Paris.
3: Oh noah! Thank you so much for having to having me tonight. Hey, uh, thank you, thank you so much to everybody behind this, and I love and thank you so much. Hey, have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night! And again, thank you. Thanks, Julio. Thank
1: you. Well, everybody, in regards to emails and Facebook, I can't tell you how many people I heard from. Probably over 1,500 of the listeners reached out. And boy, I can't thank you guys enough for all your shout outs. So keep them coming. They really mean so much to us. And we've got some great announcements from USDF. Uh, This is hot off the press. We just got it this morning, and I think it was announced today. Um, The 2024 Adequan USDF FEI Trainers Conference featuring Sven Rothenberger and Sabine Shute Carey, January 15th through 16th, 2024 in Loxahatchee, Florida. And you need to have registrations by November 15th.
2: And don't forget, you can always join us at the annual convention for USDF. The 2023 Adequan USDF annual convention is taking place this year in Omaha. We're going back. We at the world cup finals uh, we're going back to omaha you can find all the information about this year's annual convention online at www.usdf.org convention and i think this would be a great opportunity for us to clink glasses together so yes stop by find reese and i in the bar and uh, <laughs> we'd love to meet you meet our wonderful listeners And uh, raise a glass to you. And we're also celebrating USDF's 50th anniversary. This is a big year. Yes,
1: that's amazing. And truly, this is the place that governance happens. And uh, if you are curious about it or want to know, first of all, reach out to us because we're happy to help you. Noah knows a lot more about it than I do, Uh, but I have been to several (laughs) uh, and I'm a delegate this year. So this is truly where governance happens for USDF. So uh, if you have a problem, you want something discussed, this is where it happens. And I'm going to actually say shout out to your regional director, Noah's region six. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, yeah. I mean, Noah, you're really the person, right? If you have a problem, you need to let your regional director know so that they can bring it up to the board. Right.
2: And we, we love hearing feedback from our members, that's absolutely important, but we also love hearing what's going well for you. Um, whether you have a, a GMO that's doing amazing work and you wanna see a program um, get even more support, or maybe there's something we've done in the past that you'd like to see us bring back, we wanna hear from you. Um, so that's a great opportunity for to make your voice heard. Um, the, our dressage sport in the United States relies on active members. And, uh, and we really hope to meet you and see you at the USDF convention. We're in Omaha this year, we're going back to Houston, Houston next year. Um, there's a lot happening in our sport and we want you to be part of it. So join us in Omaha this year uh, for the Adequan USDF annual convention.
1: Fantastic. Well, everybody, as you know, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
2: And you can follow me on Facebook at noah.ratner or email me at region6dir at usdf.org. We'd like to thank our amazing friends at Kentucky Performance Products, our sponsors for today's show. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Well, we are looking forward to seeing everyone soon on our next show. Have a great week, everyone.